When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. All right, we are live. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. We got a special guest in the house. He's so special. He's so special. Zach, welcome back, buddy. It's been a minute, man. (laughs) It's been a minute. It's finally time to start looking into the 2023 season. Break it all down. I'm here with Zach. Like I said, he's back. and We're going to break down the NFC East in this episode, you know, who we're targeting, who we're avoiding, kind of doing little team breakdowns, uh, you know, a little bit early in the offseason. But, uh, you know, we'll be back later this week again for the AFC East, and we'll continue to break down two divisions a week over the next few weeks on this podcast. Zach, what's up, man? Yeah. How's the offseason treating you? Um, the draft could have been better. Uh, you know, if you you want to talk about the draft, the draft was great. The Dallas had a great free agency, so I, I was happy about that. But you know, the draft was a little bit of a curveball. But I got my own ideas of where that's going. Now we're going to talk about that today. Um, but outside of that, the offseason has been interesting. Um, a lot of players moving. I mean, when was the last time I was on? I think we talked about it was like a draft preview. Is that is that? Yep. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I think so. so. It's been a little bit. Yeah, man. And we're gonna get right into it. Let's start with your Cowboys. All right, yeah. CeeDee Lamb, you know, uh, we'll go through everything. CeeDee Lamb is, you know, obviously a big target for many. And I think both of us would love to have him on our roster. Yeah. Right, Expecting him to be around the one-two turn in 12-team leagues. Uh, and, and when I talk about, you know, these rounds and where these guys are going, um, you know, I am, I am talking about 12-team leagues, okay? Uh, we're using Underdog Fantasy as our guide because that is the only place – People are drafting for real during this time of year. Like people are putting actual money on the line. So you know that these prices are going to be accurate. Right. You know that this is really indicative of the market. Right now, um, wide, receiver, wide receivers do tend to go, go off the board a little bit earlier than running backs in this format, given there are three wide receivers and a flex. Um, and along with a little bit of the tournament strategy playing into it as well, you'll see that wide receivers go off at the board a little bit you know, uh, more than running backs early. So, you know, while we're at it, you know, make sure to go check out Underdog Fantasy, you know, do some best ball drafts because there's zero management after you draft. All you have to do is just draft and you're done because the best players will automatically be placed into your lineup. You get a real good idea, too, of where these guys will be drafted for your home leagues. So you get an edge when you draft early, okay? Uh, you know, you yeah. can win some money. There's a lot of There's a lot of guys that you can draft at a certain spot now that will definitely move up a couple rounds or more, you know, in the summer, July, August. Okay, so there is a, a real advantage. If I'm not mistaken, the the person who won the the big money tournament, the puppy, in 2021 and 2022, right. they were drafting in July. Okay. Oh, no, I'm sorry. In June is when they drafted their team. Okay, so that's pretty early. So right yeah. now... Uh, underdog is doubling your first deposit up to $100 if you use the code upper hand or if you use the link in the description of the podcast and make sure you go check that out 
Okay. Back to CeeDee Lamb. No issues grabbing him, right? Like, we don't want to focus on the obvious ones, like, unless we're against yeah. grabbing them at that price. I don't think the case, that's the case here, right? Like, CeeDee yeah. Lamb, you know, one-two turn, we're good with that. Now, the rest of the wide receiver core outside of CeeDee Lamb, right, you got Brandon Cooks and Michael Gallup, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen Tolbert, kind of like fourth string, but a little bit of a distant fourth string. Distant. We have Tony Pollard as the <laughs> RB1. They brought in Deuce Vaughn in the sixth round of the draft. They already had Malik Davis and Ronald Jones on the roster. Okay. Yeah. How are you viewing the Cowboys' offensive philosophy of this team going into 2023? It's changing. It's a complete change. I'm seeing something. I'm hearing all sorts of things from all different reporters I've seen and from what the Cowboys did with their draft and what Mike McCarthy's talking about. It seems like they want to get back to running the ball. And obviously it's like – why would they do that? They just got rid of Z. Well, that might be out with somebody who wasn't really contributing, uh, obviously, on offense. He had those touchdowns, and you could depend on Zeke last season for a solid 14, 15 points per game in PPR. He was good for a touchdown. I think he scored a touchdown at least in eight straight weeks. And he was actually pretty reliable, but now he's gone. Tony Pollard is now in the picture. They're going to rely on him. They drafted Deuce Vaughn. I do think Deuce Vaughn gets on the field and is contributing early. It's going to be a run-first philosophy according to all the signs that I'm seeing. They moved Kellen Moore out. When Kellen Moore was the offensive coordinator, Dallas was one of the fastest offenses in the league. Mike McCarthy wants to change that. Um, The way they drafted, like I said, they want to get better in the trenches. They look around in the NFC and they think, okay, what are the teams that we're losing to consistently, those being the 49ers and the Eagles, doing better than we are? And it's running the ball and winning in the trenches. So that's what Dallas is going to try to do now. They drafted that way. They obviously fortified in the first round. That was on defense. They picked Mozzie Smith uh, as a defensive tackle out of Michigan. But then they went and drafted one of the better running run blocking tight ends in the draft, in this draft class, in the second round. So I'm looking at that as we want to run the ball more. We don't want to put it all squarely on Dak's shoulders and rely on him completely 100% week in and week out. And if it's going to be a slowing down offense, I think that the only receivers that are going to be relevant, or at least on a weekly basis, are going to be the top two guys, and that's CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks. We knew CeeDee Lamb was going to be relevant. Brandon Cooks, I think he's going to be a spot contributor. He's not really going to have any type of wide receiver one upside on the season. He might have a couple wide receiver one weeks, but these are the only two wide receivers I'm interested in targeting. Michael Gallup, he is going to be healthier coming off of that ACL injury they had in 2021. Definitely hampered him in 2022. He had a really down year. Um, he, he'll he have his weeks, but I'm not trusting him at all to s- contribute on a weekly basis. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that, man. And I'm, uh, when you talk about the run blocking tight end, are you, talk, are you referring to Asim Richards? Yeah, Asim Richards okay. in the fifth round. Now, Luke Schoonmaker. <laughs> Asim Richards is a fifth round pick. Yes. Right? I mean, I, I don't know what kind of philosophy – you know, the Cowboys had when drafting him, right? This could have been like a best player available on the board type of pick. Like the basically the Cowboys offensive line, it, it's it's their starting offensive line is gonna probably be, you know, veterans, right? There's no I don't think there's going to be a rookie starting on this offensive line, right? Yeah. You know, going into I mean, this season. There's Tyler Smith, right? he's his second year, but you know, uh, right. he's the drafted last outside year. of that, it's all veterans at least veterans. four or five years yeah yes um and you know honestly man like the way that i'm looking at at this team i, I still think it's going to be a pretty pass heavy team now you know they don't have like you mentioned they don't have a running back like zeke anymore right 231 attempts 
for yeah. Zeke last year. And like, we would have to assume that if they're going to be a run-heavy team, that Pollard is going to get like 275 carries this year. Like, I, I yeah. don't see that personally. You know, they added a 5'5 running back whose you know, dad was a scout for the Cowboys. It's a great story. <laughs> you know, but that, that doesn't translate to a team that is going to run the ball. Like, I can see them slowing down a bit, like you mentioned. Right? They were one of the fastest teams in terms of play calling. Um, but I, I, it, it's still looking to me like this is going to be – and maybe actually switching a little bit to a Dak Prescott-led offense right now. you got three good wide receivers with a running back who will probably you know get still like 15 to 20 t- total touches a game. Like do, I don't look at Pollard as someone who's going to get like 22 to 25. Like I can see like the 22 range maybe. Mm-hmm. But – more than that, it is, it's a little bit tough for me. And then you look at the rest of the the roster in terms of the running backs, and you're like, you know, I just don't see a situation where these running backs are going to get enough touches to potentially make this a run-first offense. You know? Um, Mike McCarthy, I, I too. Pass-first guy, he's always been now. I understand that he's always had Aaron Rodgers, right? Like 10 of his 12 yeah. seasons, you know, as the play caller in Green Bay. And in those seasons, he was in the top half of the league in pass attempts. Um, 11 of 13 of those years, this team was top 10 in passing yards, um, again, with prime Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but, you know, West Coast offense, right, switching it up a little bit, I you know, getting the ball out of your hands quickly, that that's exactly what Dak needs. And because of that, you mentioned Brandon Cooks, man. Like, I really like Brandon Cooks in this situation. You know, right. the production that he's had in his career. And, and I'm looking at his price. He's going off the board as a wide receiver 42 at the 7-8 turn. Um, I love that personally. Like he'll definitely be yeah. on my radar around that spot. Um, I think CD, you know, will get his 160 targets, no problem. Um, and then Cooks, I think, is in line for around 100 to 110 targets. I think that right there should be enough for like solid wide receiver three at the very least, and with yeah. a little bit of upside. You know, maybe high end wide receiver three. I can totally see that. Um, now, I I like Jake Ferguson. As a late round target of mine, and you like Luke's uh, Luke Schoonmaker, it's Schoonmaker, so why, yes. <laughs> why Schoonmaker over Ferguson, Zach? It this goes completely off of me predicting the philosophy change to run first, and you're predicting not the philosophy change, you what you're thinking they're going to stay with the pass. So, obviously, we're going to have that disconnect right here, but I'm looking at it as if Dallas is going to be run first, they're going to be running the ball often. Schoonmaker is a much better run blocker than Jake Ferguson already, and they drafted him in the second round. This is a guy that they want to have on the field, obviously, early. They wouldn't use a second-round pick on somebody that they don't don't want to feature at least a little bit in this offense. And Dallas runs multi-tight end sets a whole lot, so he's going to be on the field, especially in the red zone. So I look at him to kind of fill Dalton Schultz's shoes in that situation as a plus blocker where Dalton Schultz really wasn't. They're going to use him in those sets more often. I think they're going to count on him to kind of make that role better and overall, you know, impact the offense in a more positive way than maybe Dalton Schultz would have. And because he's going to be on the field blocking, that's going to inevitably lead to him being on the field on some play actions, that kind of thing, open him up to run some routes. I'm counting on him to be on the field more than Jake Ferguson. It might not necessarily be in those simple, just straightforward throwing sets, but he's going to be there on the field more often, I think, than Jake Ferguson just because of his run blocking ability. And that could land him. He could just fall into some targets. And that's exactly what Dalton Schultz did. Um, I know this doesn't count for anything, but he also 
kind of looks like Dalton Schultz and he's wearing 86. So, you know, I think <laughs> that this is, this is pretty much, you know, they're telegraphing this one. I, I, I'm in, I'm in on Schoonmaker because he's going also seven spots later than Jake Ferguson. I mean, that's a zero risk pick. I think there's upside there. Obviously you might call me a little biased. I'm a Cowboys fan, but I also know a little bit about the Cowboys, how they want to do things. So I, I think that definitely Schoonmaker if you're completely empty at tight end, especially, you know, if you want to just grab him late, he could potentially fall into that weekly high tight end two range, especially if he could score some touchdowns. Like I said, they run the multi tight end sets in the red zone. I, um, you know, I, I don't want to target any tight end that is a run blocker. Like I, I, I you know, if, 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 I, if, I hear you on that if, one. If yeah. the guy is going to be on the field, that's great but I need him to be running routes and I don't want him just to be running the routes that are off of play action or in the, in the red zone. I want the guy who's going to be potentially running around on a high percentage of these dropbacks, these Dak Prescott dropbacks. We know Dak likes his tight end. So I'm looking at Schoonmaker versus Ferguson. I'm like, you know, for a rookie tight end to come out of the gate and be productive in the receiving game, like that would be a huge surprise. And especially for fantasy, like, here are tight ends who average more than 10 PPR fantasy points per game. And I'm not saying that, you know, obviously that's maybe a high bar, right, for a rookie tight end and or even somebody who's going to be potentially like run a run blocker. But yeah. here are the guys, right? Just to, overall, like, should we even be targeting rookie tight ends unless they're freaks like Kyle Pitts? Kyle Pitts is in this conversation, right? Tight ends who average more than 10 PPR fantasy points per game in their rookie year since 2010. Jordan Reed, Evan Ingram, Kyle Pitts, Aaron Hernandez. That's it. Okay, uh, Gronk was up next, Pat Fryermuth next, but those two guys were very much highly touted prospects, right? Then mm-hmm. someone like Schoonmaker, who I don't even think Schoonmaker it was that good of a prospect. Like, I think, no, you know, this was a reach <laughs> by the Cowboys. And you have someone like Ferguson, who's now going into his second year and, you know, had a way more productive college career at Wisconsin, like literally freshman, sophomore, junior year, producing every single year in the Power Five was top six in yards per route run last year among all tight ends on a very, very small sample, of course. He only had like twenty, less than 25 targets, um, but had like 22 catches. Um, But I think there's a little bit of promise there, right? Like, I think I trust that more than a rookie coming in um, and this, you know, particular rookie coming in. So like you mentioned, like Ferguson's, Ferguson's being drafted as a tight end 31. Okay, so this is a punt tight end play, right? So like last round pick, you know, choose a tight end, you know, see what happens. Maybe he becomes Dak's guy. So he's a tight end 31. If I'm making a mm-hmm. bet right now on who will be running far majority, the far majority of routes for this team this year at the tight end position, I think it's Ferguson. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it ends up. Neither of these tight ends should be targeted as like, yep, I got my tight end one for the season. We're going to rely <laughs> on him. Like, that's not even close to what we're looking I, at. I will say this, though. I will say this. Once I'm in like the fifteenth round, sixteenth round, and I didn't draft the tight end, yeah, Ferguson's my pick. For Ferguson's my de facto pick as a as my later run as of right now, as of because right of now, the he's like because he's a he's I think for me he's projected to be the starting tight end and the guy who's going to be running more most of the routes and you know we, he showed a little bit of promise you know and I think that's that's really what what it comes down to because a lot of the other tight end situations they looks it looks like a clear either clear share at the position in terms of, you know, sharing the route running um, and sharing the snaps in the past game. And those are the, most of the situations that I'm seeing at tight end, like late Jake Ferguson has the upside to potentially be a guy who's running a route on 70% of dropbacks, which would be amazing for a tight end. You can get that late. Yeah. That's um, now I do love 
Tony Pollard as well. You know, can't you have to have to mention him. I think he's going to be very, very involved in the receiving game. I think one of these running backs is going to get some run, like outside of him. I think, I think, you know, if I had to pick a compliment, it might be Davis, but like Vaughn is probably the best running back, right? And I think he can impress in camp. And, you know, he's a good running back. He's just small, but he's probably the yeah. second best running back in this backfield, even right now, despite his size. But Pollard is a top five running back pretty easily for me going into the season. Um, right. And and by the way, my full rankings, both Dynasty and Redraft, Redraft are up right now on Patreon.com slash UpperHandFantasy. You can also go to UpperHandFantasy.com and find the rankings there. Um, all the links will be in the description below. Uh, but what about Dak, man? Like, you think this can be a season where, you know, he steps up, you know, into back up into like legit fantasy relevancy? Like, he's always been fantasy relevant, obviously. But, you yeah. know, is he a legit every week starter? You know, he did get an upgrade at, at at his wide receiver too, but obviously he lost Dalton Schultz, one of his, you know, main main targets. Um, uh, but he's being drafted as a quarterback 11 right now behind Anthony Richardson on underdog. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that, so you look at, you say he's being drafted behind Anthony Richardson. They're polar opposites in terms of quarterback. Anthony Richardson yeah. is there. He's going to be the upside guy. He has extreme upside, but Dak is one of my safe, safe fantasy quarterbacks. It, if you don't get one of the high upside top end quarterbacks, if you're not going after Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, or Lamar Jackson, one of those guys, even a Justin Fields, you know, those are the guys with the rushing ability. I think Dak is one of the best bets as far as just safe weekly production week in, week out with a little bit of upside because we said he's on this good offense. I think he has that uh, opportunity at QB 11. I think he not, I think that he can obviously outperform that. Um, I think that remains to be seen. He's done very well. It's just another thing that seems to be, um, Coming up recently, these past couple of years, is injury. Um, obviously, you don't want to just project that there's going to be an injury, but he hasn't played a full season since 2020. No, 2019. He did miss one game in 2021. That's what it was against the Vikings. But just something to keep in mind when you're drafting him, too. Um, not something I'm happy to report on, but it's true. Uh, but Dak, I think he's on a good offense. He can throw the ball. He has the weapons. There's, there's no reason to think that he can't do that. So I'm going to target him as like the safe bet if I'm not going after one of the top guys he'd be one of my top priorities because he has a little bit more upside than maybe a guy like Derek Carr would have who's going a little bit later than him that kind of thing he's in much better offense we've seen him have those blow up games we haven't seen that much from Derek Carr so I'm kind of looking at him as my second choice if I can't get one of the top quarterbacks Um, and he's going ahead of other guys I would take him myself personally over Anthony Richardson the way I like to build my teams you know my I like my quarterback to be pretty solid Obviously, you have Anthony Richardson. He might have that upside. And, um, you know, he's a rookie. We'll see how it goes. But I, I, I think that Dak can definitely get into that. He can fit in that QB 7, 8, 9 range. I think that's kind of his peak um, for this season, which isn't bad at all. So I think at QB 11, if he finishes at QB 8, QB 9, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I would as well. And, you know, if this does end up being a Dak, more Dak-centric offense, you know, I think this could definitely I think if they added a big body running back like a Fournette or someone like that, that would uh alter those plans, I would say. Mm-hmm. But if this could become a Dak centric offense, this that would be really, really interesting to me. Um, there have been right. discussions about yes. Dalvin Cook. I mean, I, it's just rumors floating around right now, but like Dalvin yep. Cook could be an option for Dallas, and that would be disastrous, I think, for Tony Pollard. Agreed. Agreed. All right, let's move to the Eagles. Uh this team looks very similar in terms of the pass game. You know, Jalen Hurts yep. obviously has has a very good chance to finish as the overall fantasy quarterback one, you know, once again this year. He has his weapons back, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. I absolutely love Goddard. 
you know, I think, yeah. you know, we haven't seen his ceiling yet. You know, just to go over current ADPs, ADPs though, like Hurts is being drafted as a QB2 uh, in the late second round. AJ Brown as the wide receiver six off the board in the first. Uh, he finished as the wide receiver seven last year in PPR fantasy points per game. Devontae Smith had an extremely good second half of the year. He finished as the wide receiver 13 uh, going off the board as the wide receiver 13 at the 2-3 turn. Uh, most likely, you know, later third round in regular 12-team home league drafts. Um, right. Goddard being taken off the board as a tight end six in the sixth round. Probably my tight end target this year every single time as of right now. Uh, what's your take on this passing game? Are you not targeting one of these guys at their prices? Are you in on any of them as long as they fall to you on the board? How are you looking at it just in terms of these receivers? I'm in on all of them. You know, obviously we talk <laughs> about Dallas Goddard. It's easy to say this because this is like probably behind maybe the Chiefs, the best offense in the NFL. Um, right. Dallas Goddard, the only concern with me, obviously he's a good target because just how scarce things are at the tight end position nowadays it feels like. Um, but I wonder if we're ever going to see his full potential unlocked on this offense as long as you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith hanging around and then you just, they just upgraded weapons in the backfield. We'll get to them. And Jalen Hurts running like – I don't think that he's ever going to get the targets to be like a Travis Kelsey type guy. Like, obviously, I don't know if you're projecting that type of upside, but he's, I think he's going to be stuck in that position where unless he's scoring touchdowns, which he can do, you know, he's just going to kind of be this floater in between tier one and tier two. He's better than a lot of the tier two options, but he's just a little bit worse than the tier one options. Like he's in his own tier. It's like the Dallas Goddard tier. All right. Yeah. Tier one is Kelsey, um, Kittle, who, who else? I'm missing someone, obviously. Like, I think, Mark I think Andrews Kelsey's, even in that Kelsey's, Kelsey's probably in his own tier. Okay, Kelsey. Say. So one. Right. Now two. You have Kittle, Mark Andrews, right? And, and then Hawkinson. you also have, yeah, Hawkinson. Yeah, he's on the Vikings now. He actually did really well. And then I think I would put Dallas Goddard, even though Kyle Pitts is going ahead of Dallas Goddard in drafts, I might put Goddard ahead of Pitts because we I know the offense well. is going to be good for Goddard. And we Kyle Pitts, you know, he just got a lot of competition. You know, yeah, now they're being, Robinson's going to be getting those touches. Yep. They're being taken about four picks away from each other. Kyle Pitts and right. got it with Pitts going as a tight end five and Goddard going off the board as a tight end six. Yeah. So Goddard, I'm cool targeting him, but I don't think we're going to see the upside. Like, obviously, you can project that a little bit. He'll have his games, but I, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, this head and shoulders above everybody else type of tight end. And AJ Brown, we know he's going to be good. No worries about him. Devontae Smith. I think their projection, in my mind, is pretty much exactly what we saw last season. They're not going to change it. It's working well for them. Hopefully, the production stays the same. Obviously, there's been turnover in, in terms of offense coordinator. So we'll see how that you know plays out for them. But most of the intrigue relies, lies in this offense in the backfield with Jalen Hurts. Yeah, 100%, man. And, you know, we saw this team become a lot more balanced, right, this year with the additions of A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, you know, taking a step forward, partly because of that, but also because he really stepped up his game in the past game. Um, but they replaced Miles Sanders with DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny. Um, I think this is, a, a, you know, a, a duo for now with these two guys as the one-two. Um, you know, I... Penny has been dealing with injuries, right? And both both these guys have been dealing with injuries their entire career, right? You know, Penny's mm -hmm. being taken as the RB37 in the 10th round. Uh, not bad, right? And then Swift as the RB22 in the 6th, uh, most likely will be near like the 4th or 5th, honestly, 5th round in, in home leagues, okay? Um, yeah. 
So I think Swift is going to be like the classic dead zone running back this year that will likely be on a lot of people's draft boards, right? Um, I really like Swift in this situation. I, you know, I think he has the upside to be extremely efficient, you know, as he always has been when healthy. Uh, you know, the question is like, will Hurts dump the ball down? And I think, you know, he will get a lot more, you know, because Miles Sanders just wasn't that guy in the receiving game, right? I think they'll be scheming Swift into the pass game, you know, and game planning for that. So I, I, I get your hesitation with someone like Dallas Goddard, like, hey, like now we have to cut with the include Swift in the pass game. So that that's, that's a good point. Um, you know, it's not like the Lions were dumping the ball off to Jamal Williams in Detroit, right? But when Swift was on right. the field, they were dumping balls to him. So it's, I think it's a similar situation. When Sanders was on the field, there's no reason to get him the ball in the receiving game because he's been extremely inefficient there over the last several seasons. I do think as long as Penny is healthy, uh, he's the goal line guy, right? Right. I think he's going to be the primary early down guy as well. Um, yeah. If he can actually stay healthy, you got a pretty good return on your 10th round pick. Right. With some upside. Right. And, right. you know, there's RB2 upside there, you know, high in RB2 upside with with him, assuming that he scores a bunch of touchdowns. But just remember that he's not going to be really involved in the past game. He himself has also been pretty efficient when healthy. Uh, but just it's hard to remember those days like when he is healthy. Right. Um, yeah. But a good, good offense, you know, good player. What do you think about this backfield overall? All right. So would you say I, I would say that the Eagles offense is better than the Lions offense, right? Yes. I would say so. Yeah, I think I think it's a step forward. Yeah. Yes. On the whole, it's better. Now, Lions I kind of look at the great. Yeah, it Eagles is. Eagles offense is like elite. Yeah. So, I look at this as DeAndre Swift moved from situation where he wasn't getting the ball at all. They just weren't using him. And he had Jamal Williams competing with him. He's getting that now. Pretty much Jamal Williams again but maybe less dependent. The offense will be less dependent on the Jamal Williams type running back, which is going to be Rashad Penny. And he now has a clean slate where I think he's going to get those 12 to 15 touches he needs. He only needed 12 to 15 touches. We've known this through his yep. career to produce. He might actually get those touches now. Cause like I said, clean slate, the coaching, they just didn't want to use him last season. It didn't make sense because he was super efficient when he was used. And he actually had some blow up games despite not having a whole lot of usage. I think we're now looking at a similar situation that's slightly an improvement for DeAndre Swift, plus the fact that he's going to get the usage I need. This offense, like we said, like I said, he only needs 12, 15 touches. Can he get 12 to 15 touches with Rashad Penny on the field? Yeah, I think he can. I think so. It might not be goal line touches, but he's yeah. going to be getting the receiving work, like you said. And if 12 to if three, four, five of those 12 to 15 touches are passing, you know, their targets, like, he can easily cash in, you know, and be a solid week to week player um, at worst. So I like this situation for DeAndre Swift. I think he's in for a bounce back. Uh, Rashad Penny, like you said, he's going to be the goal line back, but this is a dynamic offense. I don't want to say they're not going to have a whole lot of goal line situations, but it's an explosive offense. I think DeAndre Swift is an explosive player, and the Eagles have historically been able to get players that haven't been used how they should and make them better by giving them the usage that they should. Case in point for me is A.J. Brown. The Titans weren't using him at all. It was a terrible situation. He wasn't having that consistency that we like to see. He goes to the Eagles. They give him all the targets that he needs, and he has 1,500 yards and over double-digit touchdowns. It's like stupid. So this is going to be obviously an upgrade for me, in my mind, for DeAndre Swift. I'm going back to – I'm looking at him pretty much at this point like I was looking at him last season. Like we knew that if he got the touches – 
he'd be fine. But he didn't get the touches last season. So now we know he might get the touches. Same situation. There could be hype around him. I think he can definitely cash in at his ADP. Like you said, dead zone running back. This guy has the best chance to break out of that dead zone and be one of the winners in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, my my I do have a concern that, like, you know, you have Jared Goff, who is like a legit pocket quarterback, who's going to be yeah. looking for the outlet, and he's been finding DeAndre Swift, right? Will that happen with Jalen Hurts as much? I don't think so. I don't think right. he's going to be averaging the same amount of targets that he, that he was in Detroit. But I think it'll be enough for him to be a PPR RB2 with RB1 upside in, in certain weeks. And what if Rashad Penny gets hurt? Swift is the goal line guy. Yeah. So that offsets, right? Like, okay, maybe you don't get peppered in the passing game like you would have on the Lions. But if Rashad Penny gets hurt, like you said, you don't want to project injuries, but he has a history of getting hurt. Like, I think that offsets pretty well. So DeAndre Swift, obviously, is a guy that I'm targeting in his backfield. I think it's tough to make a case for Rashad Penny over DeAndre Swift, right? Uh, you like, know, I, I, I think but, you could. But then, but then you, look at the, you look at the price, right? Like Rashad Penny is being taken in the 10th round. DeAndre Swift right. is being taken fifth, sixth round. So I don't, I think I look at Penny as a, uh, you know, the risk reward is pretty good, I would say. Yeah. I guess Even it's the 10th round pick. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I still think that's a decent pick. Uh, but yeah. I do like Swift in the, in the, you know, fifth round as well. I do. Uh, underdog, he's going in the sixth round. So yeah. Really not bad at all. Like I said, you know, both these guys have injury issues. Obviously, Penny has. Had has had worse. Penny has had worse injury issues, so you know if Penny does get hurt, Swift being the goal line guy plus the targets that he's going to see, I think this could you know potentially be a pretty good season for DeAndre Swift. Let's just yeah. hope he stays healthy. I agree with you. It comes down like like you said between those choosing between those running backs. It comes down to the way you're building your team, and I love talking about the you know roster building and how you yeah. put these teams together. If you take a quarterback early, that kind of thing, how you got to go about things later on, that kind of thing. It depends on what you're looking for in a running back, but I agree. Obviously, yes, DeAndre Swift is the one I'm targeting, the way I like to build teams and that kind of thing. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company. 